0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Daniel, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: The Bible says that we're to meditate on the Word of God and you digest it and you think about it and you digest it and you think about it. And then there's the, not only the book of the living, the book of remembrance, but the book of life in Philippians chapter 4 and in several places in the book of Revelation. We'll actually take a look at one of those in just a minute. But you've got books. God keeps good books. Well, Daniel sees the heavenly court being assembled and the little horn. Did you get that? Is still arrogantly babbling. Did you see that? Now, who do you think the little horn represents? Who? Very good. The Antichrist. The word Antichrist means against or opposed to the Messiah, the anointed one. The Bible says the Antichrist is going to rise up out of the revived Roman Empire. He's going to love and accept everyone. He's going to love the Arabs, the Jews, the blacks, the whites. It doesn't matter. He will be the greatest humanist, the Bible teaches, whoever lived. He will bring peace and unity to the Middle East. He'll probably sing Michael Jackson's song, We Are the World. This guy, the Antichrist, He will charm the world. The world will be won over by his charm and his ideas. It has been said that he will have the charisma of JFK, the oratorial skills of Winston Churchill, the determination of Joseph Stalin, the vision of Karl Marx, the respectability of Gandhi, the military prowess of Douglas MacArthur, and the charm of Will Rogers. He will win the world over for three and a half years. He, his flattering words and his smooth speech. He will deceive the world and make a peace treaty with Israel to rebuild their temple. Now, listen, listen close right now today. If you go to Israel with us in November of 2005, you will see go up to any Jew and say, hey, what's the hope of Israel? How will you know who the Messiah is? You know what they'll tell you? The one who helps us to rebuild our temple, we will hail him as the Messiah. That's who they're looking for. though, And they are in preparation today, preparing to go back to the sacrificial system, the priestly order, in the Jewish quarter. We didn't take a trip this last time, but we, I've been several times prior in the Temple Institute, in the old city, in the Jewish quarter, you will go there. They already have all the stones. Remember the breastplate on the, on the high priest? Remember those? They have all of those stones set aside, consecrated, and ready for use by the priest. They have the, bra- the brass laver and, and the, 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 you know, the shovel that they had to get the coals out with. All of these utensils, 60%, I'm told of the instruments and the utensils that are needed for temple worship, according to the Old Testament regulations, are in place. They are ready to rebuild. They are raising the red heifer for the sacrifices. They already have two shivas. That would be two Jewish schools and Talmud teaching. Already have those ready to go. They have already identified those Kohens, C-O-H-E-N, who are of the priestly lineage. They are so ready to build the temple. There's just one little wee bit, insy little wee bit problem. What is that? The temple mount. We want to build it. We just don't have a place to build it yet. You see? Now, well, why don't they just go blow up the Dome of the Rock Mosque and put their temple there? Well, that might be a mistake. Because if they did that, there would be one billion Muslims invading Israel and it would be a complete, total bloodbath. What will they do? The man who helps them rebuild the temple will be hailed as the Messiah, the Antichrist. Keep your finger, Daniel chapter 7, and turn to Revelation chapter 13 with me. Let's take a look a little bit closer. Let's use a zoom lens and take a little, little closer look at the Antichrist. Revelation, last book of the Bible, of course, you know that, in chapter 13. And look at this. We're just going to read it. Don't have a lot of time, but you've got to see this. We're going to just read it and commentate on it just a bit. In, in Revelation chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 1, if you're there, say amen. Uh, then I stood, I, John, John the Reveler. John is on the island of Patmos receiving the revelation. John, I, says, stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast, that would be the Antichrist, rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leper. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him. Does that sound familiar? Same three animals in Daniel. The dragon gave him his power, his throne and great authority. That would be Satan has empowered the Antichrist. And I say one of his heads and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. The guy had been shot in the head and his deadly wound was healed which is a mockery to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was dead. Now he rises from the grave. This is a slap in the face to the Lord. And all the world, notice this, well, they marveled and they followed the beast. And so they worshiped the dragon. Satan finally gets what he's always wanted. Worship. Who gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. You see, there's a worldwide acceptance of the Antichrist. It's almost like this guy goes on the talk shows. He was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. What's that, saints? Three and a half years. And then he opened his mouth with blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle and those who dwell in, in, in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. And the, an authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose name has not been written in, there it is, the book of life of the Lamb's. From the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. We've got two. Let's listen close. And he, the Antichrist, who leads in captivity shall go into captivity. And the Antichrist who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience. See, Saints, hold on. Don't give up. Here is the patience and the faith of the Saints. We know that the Antichrist has an end. And then I saw another beast. That would be the false prophet coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. I have in my Bible written in the margin, fake lamb. This is a fake lamb. Remember I told you guys about Lambo. This would be him. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that the, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. You see, don't seek a sign. Seek the Savior. Don't seek a sign. to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number in his name or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. Notice his number is 666 a picture of the Antichrist. His number is 666. Now, when people see this number, they get all freaked out. 666. You know, if people have this number on their license plate and they got a new car and they send that number to on the license plate, oh no, I gotta send that back. Oh no, I ain't having 666 on my car. Or a driver's license. Or or anything. you go to the store and the cashier rings up something, you know, how much is my total, ma'am? $6.66. No! The Antichrist. oh no, Charge me $7. Please charge me $7. People get all freaked out. You know, if, if, if you want to know if your husband's the Antichrist, you know, you just start checking his scalp, you know, for the number 666. People get all freaked out. There's all kinds of scary theories out there about this number and who it is and what it is. Some have said when you study the universal product code, a UPC, the barcode has three sets of six bars making 666 on everything you buy. Some have said Greek and Hebrew both have numeric values assigned to each letter. So you take a name and you run it through a code book and you total up the letters and they come up 666. There's been many speculations as to who this man is. Some have thought it to be Nero, the Pope, the papacy, Hitler, Stalin, uh, Henry Kissinger, Gorbachev, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, which I don't believe that anymore. (laughs) That was right on the tails of my sermon last week. I just, I might have gave it away. You know, the truth is, we don't know. We do know this number is the most evil of all men. That is what we do know. He is anti-God. He's the Antichrist. And the truth is, we don't need to concern ourselves with that because we're not to be looking for the Antichrist. We're to be looking for Jesus Christ. Amen, saints? That's who we keep our attention on and look for. But all the more important, as we know these things... We got to take a stand for the truth, saints. We got to take a stand for the truth, because if you don't, you will buy into the lie of the devil and be deluded. If you find yourself serving the Antichrist, there's going to be a time when they are going to put a chip in your forehead to receive the mark. And if you refuse to receive the mark of the beast, they are going to behead you. Oh, we need to know the truth and hold fast to the truth and tell people about the truth. Flip back over to Daniel chapter 7. Flip back over there. And look at look at uh and let's pick up our let's pick up here in chapter 7 in verse 18. Look at verse 18. But the saints of the most high, the saints of the most high shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. And then I wish to know the truth. See, Daniel didn't understand this beast, so so he wished to know more about it. He was confused. He could not completely wrap his mind around this in the vision. I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with teeth of iron and, and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces, trampled the residue with its feet. And then the ten horns, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before, which three fell. Namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the ancient of days came. And judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. See, we've already expounded on this. Shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against. The most high shall persecute the saints of the most high shall intend to underline this change the times and the law. And then the saint shall be given into his hand for time and times and a half time. That would be three and a half years. But the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, before you close your Bibles, Notice Daniel didn't know exactly what everything meant until he asked one of the angels in the vision what was going on. And the angel gives the picture of the Antichrist in detail of which we just covered. And then notice in verse 21, again in your Bibles, the Antichrist will make war with the saints. That will be the Christians who are on the earth during the tribulation. There are some people who use this text and say, see, it's right there. Christians are going through the tribulation. No, there will be Christians who are on the earth after the rapture. The rapture will take place. And there are a bunch of people who have heard the gospel, who know that the rapture is coming. The rapture will happen. The Bible says, listen, the rapture will listen. The Bible says the rapture will happen in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Bam, it's going to be just like that. There's going to be cars crashing and stuff happening, bridge backups, and, uh, it's, we can, you know, there might be a Christian driving, you know, a big old Mack truck. And he's going to get raptured, and the truck's just going to go all over. Sound like a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> Guy movie, explosives. It's going to be terrible. Christians are gone. What happened to them all? Oh, aliens took them. Okay. And then a bunch of folks who come to church all the time and they listen and they hear and they never receive Christ. You know what? They're going to go, man, you know what? Man, Rodney is kind of crazy, but that rapture thing, I think he's right about that. I better get saved. Oh, God, help me. And then they're going to get saved. They will be on the earth during the tribulation. You know, one lady, true story, wrote me. And she sent, uh, she wanted to pick up the the Revelation CDs. And uh, because she said she wanted two copies. She said, I want two copies. One for myself and one copy, Pastor, I want to leave in the church. Because after I get raptured, I'm hoping somebody finds them and listens to the CDs and gets saved. Is that a trip? True story, though. True story. But then, but see, see, people are going to be on the earth. You understand that? Say amen if you do. The folk will be on the earth when, when the rapture happens and Christians are going to be on the earth because they're going to give their lives to Christ. Now, notice in your Bibles again in verse 25 really quickly. The Antichrist, notice this in verse 25, he shall intend to change times and law. Now, I never knew this. I just learned this today, as a matter of fact. The Antichrist will change or seek to change the dating system. Not like dating, fellas. The fellas are like, yeah, man. I knew something was wrong with it. I can't get a date, man. Yeah. Not that system. But the Antichrist is going to change the dating system of the years. We call this year 2004 A.D. Or... A date in history like 539 B.C. because the B.C. represents what? The birth of Christ. B.C. is an abbreviation for before Christ. A.D. is an abbreviation for in the year of our Lord. In other words, listen to this. Jesus Christ is the focus of our calendar. The Antichrist doesn't like that. And in many of our universities and people today are trying to change that. They have now are trying to use the BCE or before common era, trying to erase the fact that the birth of Jesus is the central point of all of history. And whether or not you add the E or not, you know what? The year still points to Jesus Christ, (laughs) They can do whatever they want. And then notice this here. It seeks to change the law. Right now, the law, listen close. Right now, as bad as things seem in our culture, right now, the law is based on Christian moral standards. That is still true. How do you know, Rodney? Well, because rape, robbery, incest. Child pornography, murder, all of these things are illegal and they are illegal because God says it's wrong. It is sin. It is very possible when the church is removed from the world, the Antichrist is no longer hindered because the reason why the Antichrist is not on the scene right now is because the church is still here. You are still here. When we leave, the Antichrist is going to have full reign. We're the church, the salt and the light. We're the ones that's hindering. The Holy Spirit is hindering. The Holy Spirit in the presence of the church, dwelling in the midst of the church, is hindering the Antichrist from going full blown crazy. When we're taken out of the way, then society's mind will become warped beyond all belief. Romans chapter 1 talks about the reprobate mind. You'll see that in its fullest when the church is gone. So it is possible, as unthinkable as it is, that much of this immoral, sinful behavior will be legal when the church is gone. He will seek to change the times and the law. Something to consider. And then in verse 28, in closing, I'm coming in for a landing. After seeing all this, did you notice? Daniel was shook up. He was so shaken that other people could see it in his face. And that says what? They, they, they said to him, they said, Daniel, they said, w- w- what's going on? What's bothering you? And notice it says in verse 28 that he that says his thoughts were troubled and his countenance changed. They might have asked him what's wrong with him. And he said he didn't answer. You see, this wasn't for other people. This was for Daniel. You see, what God showed Daniel was for Daniel. It wasn't for other people. The whole course of human history, this occurred to me today like never before. The whole course of human history from beginning to end is recorded in this book. I don't know why that never occurred to me. I'm just a little slow, Bill. Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But the whole course, God knows the end from the beginning. This, my friend, is 100% accurate prophecy. Our God is truly an awesome God. And then Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, Peter said, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, will you note this? What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat what? Kind of person are we to be? Are we to be the kind of people who study prophecy just for intellectual exercise or, or to, to be able to discuss the deeper things of God? Are we to be that kind of people? No. These things should trouble us as they have troubled Daniel because they should stir us up to go out and tell other people we are living in the last days. It, it is a fact. I know people, everybody oh, have been saying that for 2,000 years. Yeah, well, Then it's closer today than it was last week. You understand. Say amen. We are living in the last days and these, and because we are living in the last days and because we know these things, because we understand these things, we're not to go away and go, wow, I understand prophecy. Where to go and say to people, hey, you know, Jesus is coming, you know, it's soon, you know, the Bible has all the, the course of history from the beginning to the end. Do you know God knows all the things that are going to happen? All the kings that are going to come, all the nations that are going to come, all the nations that are going to go. Do you know that? And if God knows all that, then doesn't that hold you somewhat accountable? When you think, when you think somehow you got to respond to that, you can't just ignore that. You got to respond to these things. And you must respond in faith and in trust in Jesus. Any God who can predict the future with this kind of accuracy is worthy of my worship.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.